Paleo Runner podcast is devoted to finding better ways to live, run, train, and eat. I'm your host, Aaron Olson. You can find more information by going to paleorunner.org. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Search for Paleo Runner in iTunes and click ratings and reviews. You can also follow me on facebook.com slash runpaleo or on Twitter at runpaleo. I wanted to take a minute to let you know about a product I've been using called 3Fuel. 3Fuel is a sports drink that gives you fat, protein, and carbohydrates to use as a fuel source. Unlike sugary sports drinks, 3Fuel gets absorbed slowly into your bloodstream to give you sustained energy throughout your workout. If you'd like to give it a try, you can get 10% off by using the coupon code 3FOLSON. Go to paleorunner.org and click 3Fuel at the top of the page. If you're listening through the podcast app on iPhone, click the link displayed on the app right now. If you like listening to podcasts, you're also going to like audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download by going to audibletrial.com slash paleorunner. There's over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Kindle, Android, or MP3 player. Lately, I've been listening to The Sports Gene by David Epstein. It's a great book that looks at how genes affect sports performance. If you're listening to the podcast right now on your iPhone, you can click on the link displayed, or you can go to audibletrial.com slash paleorunner. My guest today is Harley Johnstone. Harley is the man behind 30 Bananas a Day. He eats an all-fruit diet, and he's very passionate about what he eats. You can find his videos on YouTube. Harley, it's, it's great to have you part of the show. Thanks for having us on, Aaron. It's good. So, Harley, by all accounts, you seem to be in very good health, and you're eating only fruit. Tell me a little bit about how you got interested in this, what seems like to be a very extreme diet. For sure. In 2001... Well, my whole life I had a lot of health issues, chronic fatigue, on and off, Crohn's disease, anemia, depression, insomnia, asthma, acne as a teenager and as an adult. So my whole life just always wanted to be the fit kid, but never could be. I was always the kid at school, got picked last on sports day. And often by my friends, <laughs> your good friends don't pick you last <laughs> because you're the only person left anyway. So I just became obsessed about having good energy and then eventually discovered the vegan lifestyle in 2001, got into the raw foods part of that in 2002, and today, 12 years later, I eat a, not an all-fruit diet, but most of my calories from fruit for the last 12 years, but I still do eat a, a wide variety of plant foods, tubers, grains occasionally, nut seeds, thousands of different types of fruits and vegetables, and uh, but most of my calories would come from the simple sugars in the fruits. I just feel fantastic. I don't have chronic fatigue anymore. I ran a 35, 31, 10K yesterday. And that's on about 10 miles a week training. Um, I don't get injured like I used to get. I don't have the asthma anymore. I don't have the acne. My digestion is just perfect. I sleep so well. My anemia has gone and I don't take iron supplements anymore. Mm. just feel really good compared to what I used to feel. And my mother just doesn't understand what's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... You, in about 2001 is when you first started this. Um, what 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 were you like before that? I mean, you you were you you weren't into running before that and, and biking, or or had you tried that and you just couldn't do it because of your health problems? Basically, I was into. I was always as a kid. I just loved. I loved running and lo- I loved biking. I think it's because my older brothers were into BMX, mm-hmm. and what you're surrounded by, you get into good or bad. So I was surrounded by bicycles as a kid. My brother Julian. You know, he'd go ride with his mates, and and then when I was eight years old, I got I learned how to ride a bicycle. My parents bought me a BMX bike, and I just loved riding around because that's what my brother did, and that's what his mates did, and it was sort of cool. But it was fun as well because you get to explore. So I just sort of got hooked into it, and I watched Tour de France on TV every Saturday. It was on and things like that. Wild World of Sports back in the eighties, 
So, mm-hmm. so that became an obsession of cycling and running. Just wanted to be fit and really enjoy the adventure aspect of it. And then as I got older, I couldn't do it. I wanted to do it, but I just didn't have the energy. It was a bit like wanting to buy something but not having the money. I wanted to be fit, but I didn't have the energy to be to get fit. I had the passion. I had so much. I had much more passion then than I have now when it comes to fitness. Now I'm a lazy trainer because I know <laughs> I can do anything. I can go ride my bike 300 miles. I've done it before. I can go and run a 34-minute 10K or whatever. Uh-huh. I can run a sub-three-hour marathon. I'm not much training at all. But So the passion back then was a lot stronger than it is now, but I just didn't have the strategy. And then I just moved out of home. I started using a bicycle for transport and then just got into learning more about my diet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you first made the switch to vegan, were you trying to do the mostly fruit diet or were you doing a more traditional vegan style diet before? I think the first week was the mostly carrot and lettuce vegan diet. Okay. So I didn't know what to eat. And then one of my friends said, Harley, you eat a lot of rice. Rice is vegan. Just don't put the tuna on there. Put some beans or whatever on there. I was like, oh, yeah. So after about a week, I learned that a vegan diet incorporated most of my favorite foods anyway, rice, fruit, pasta, things like that, mm-hmm. a bit of nuts and stuff. So I got into the McDougal-style vegan diet within the second week pretty much just by default. So I just started eating my rice and couscous and polenta meals as usual without the animal products and without the dairy, and it just felt so much lighter. Mm-hmm. I remember saying to a friend, I said, oh, man, I just, I'm breathing so good on the climbs now. And he's like, oh, diet's got nothing to do how, with how your breathing is. <laughs> I was like, you're wrong, man. And it just went from there. And then I went to the, the fruit thing after that, worked out that fruit works better for me than starch. Starch is more of a backup plan these days, but fruit is my main focus. Okay. So when you started eating mostly fruit, I mean, did you see an additional advantage? Definitely, because you lose an extra couple of kilos. It's easier to stay leaner primarily because you don't have the the sodium intake that you have when you're eating a lot of grains because grains are pretty basic and pretty bland, so you need to add a bit of salt to them to make them more palatable. So that salt we're eating causes extra few pounds of water retention just by default. So in a 10K, every two pounds is roughly 30 seconds Mm. as a generic guideline. So you're losing time there. So fruit, in my opinion, the first sub two-hour marathon will be a fruitarian. Mm, okay. Plus EPO, blood doping, human blood hormone, <laughs> testosterone. But just if we just keep the drugs and the training the same and the prize money the same and just swap their diet out, they'll lose the weight and be able to run even faster and breathe better. Now, th- that's kind of interesting that you say that because a lot of people will see those guys running and they already look pretty emaciated. Do you think that they could get any skinnier? Yeah, definitely. Really? Okay. Because it, it won't be fat. It'll just be water tension. They'll have less water tension on them. Okay. I mean, they've already taken all the th- thyroid medications and stuff like that, but just this diet you have less water retention because you have less sodium intake. Okay. Harley, you know, before we started recording, I mentioned to you that I had some pretty bad IBS before I went on a paleo style diet. And, Mm. you know, I was going to the toilet, you know, four to six times a day and, you know, just really wasn't comfortable, especially with running. And, um, tell me a little bit about how, how eating all that fruit, you know, I just thinking about eating all that fructose and all that fiber, it almost makes my stomach turn because I think, I don't think I would be able to handle that. How has that been for you? Well, I love. I mean, my definition of Crohn's disease was when I'd, I was in some, I was in pain, and I'd I'd take a you know go to the toilet and just be filling up the toilet bowl with blood, mm. and it was embarrassing. I never told anyone, never even told my mom, never told any doctors. I just dealt with the pain, and it would come and go. And now I just don't have that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so, what is what is I mean, what is how many times a day are you going to the bathroom? Um, I reckon at least two to three, two to four. Okay. Nice, soft, healthy stool movements, no pain, just ease of flow. 
just feel good. Okay. I, I think irritable bowel depends. I mean, it can be a, a gray area of that one. What? Because some people might say, "Hang on, that, that's like irritable bowel. I need, I need to take, I need to go to the toilet hardly, you know, twice a week or whatever." <laughs> I got some, one of my paleo friends goes once a week. Um, uh, yeah, that he, doesn't sound healthy. No, but he thinks it's healthy. He thinks we're not designed to go to the toilet multiple times a day. But if you, if you hang out with cows or goats or even chimps, they're always crapping, you know, just feeding the soil with the, the nitrogen, mm-hmm. fecal matter. I think it's healthy to go to the, the bathroom a few times a day for the number two, you know. Okay, yeah. Like, and we've got a big, we've got like a, you know, how long is our intestine, digestive tract? Like 20, 30, 50 feet or whatever. So we've always got some food digesting, processing. There's always something going in, always something going out. I think it's healthy to, to crap a lot. With no pain, no blood, no diarrhea, just just soft stools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what's that like for running? I mean, you're you're are your stools? You know, I don't know how much people want to know about this. I I'm kind of more <laughs> interested because I had dealt with this issue. But you know, for me, I when I'm out on a run, you know, and you're you're constantly jumping up and down. You don't want to have to stop, you know, and stop in the porta potty or something. Have you found that you you're able to make it through like a marathon without having to use the porta potty on an off oh, yeah. diet? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. What happens is it's like running. When you first start running, you can't run down the street without having to stop. But as you get fitter, you can just keep going long and long and long. It's the same with this lifestyle. You get used to how your body works, your bowel movement works. I wouldn't recommend someone eat my diet for the week or the few days leading up for a marathon because you're not sure what's going to happen in your digestive tract. But like anything in training, you've got to do it in training before you do it in racing. Yesterday was great. I just know my body clock so well now. I don't use caffeine. I don't drink coffee. A lot of my friends, they have to drink coffee to have a bowel movement. I don't need to. I just wake up, take a few steps out of bed, and then just, my body's like, okay, let's go and make a deposit. Mm-hmm. So it just it's so smooth now. I've, I've ran an ultra marathon. But here's the thing. If you have to stop and go to the toilet, that's good because that's you're losing the weight mm-hmm. versus a lot of people have colons who just backed up. So they're carrying actually a few pounds of just fecal matter in their colon because the colon's not working that effectively so they're carrying the extra weight around they might have three percent body fat but they're carrying you know a few pounds of fecal matter in their colon that shouldn't be there so the beauty of the fruit fruit is the fastest colon transit food meaning from hole to hole from your mouth to your anus fruits the fastest fruits the haley gabriselesi of food mm-hmm. when it comes to colon transit time so we're just passing it through really quickly like a horse and I don't use porta loose. I mean, maybe in the New York Marathon you would have to if you need to, but I've never actually had to stop in a marathon to uh, to take a crap. Some runners do, and that's fine. If you have to, you do. But I'm normally just my bowels are empty before the race starts. Um, I know Paula Ratcliffe when she set the women's world record of I think it was two fourteen. She stopped twice for a pee and once for a crap, and she didn't use a porta potty. She just crapped on the road in front of the, the TV cameras. But she set the women's world record. So if you have to stop in a marathon, do so. Try and pick some bushes, and it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot quicker. It's going to be better for the environment. It might sound gross, but that's I mean you know that's what we've done in nature. Yeah. Um, for well, me, it's weird flushing our crap into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Well, you know, let's move on to a different topic. Let's let's talk a little yep. bit about the log- logistics of this lifestyle. I mean, you're having to eat a ton of fruit a day, I'm assuming, because fruit is mostly water. So, how do you mm. get how do you keep your calories up, you know, and keep yourself 
feeling healthy when you're having to eat so much? I mean, I would imagine you're just constantly eating. Is that true? Depends on what I'm eating. I love to eat, though. I mean, my mum's obese. Obesity runs in my genetics, and I definitely would be obese now if it wasn't for the high-carb vegan lifestyle because I love to eat. When I go to a restaurant, I'm eating the most volume of food at the restaurant. People looking over the over the counter like is that guy's probably another meal like the people around us are going is he just come out of a, a prison camp he's so lean <laughs> he's just eating so much like i love to eat i choose high calorie fruits so things like bananas and dates i'll blend those up i've actually been making youtube videos at the moment where I, I document exactly what i eat every day so i'll make a banana smoothie with like 20 bananas in there put 100 grams of sugar in the top of that and maybe 100 grams of dried fruit so that's about 2700 calories right there i can have two of those a day that's that's 5400 calories so it doesn't doesn't take much time to make that and i can just sip that smoothie while i'm at work behind the computer and so i don't have to stop i can i can i don't have lunch breaks anymore i work straight through because my food's always next to me so it's fantastic mm. and then if i'm going out i can just put that smoothie in a bpa free plastic jar and take it with me to go or if i'm going to a restaurant which occasionally do i just order a high carb vegan mcdougall style dish lots of rice a bit of salad some sort of low fat sauce on there good to go and i love to eat it's great okay um, so, so how yeah. long does it take to eat that smoothie about 30 minutes. Okay. Now, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of just eating slowly, chewing your food, either it's a smoothie or a whole piece of fruit or whatever. Just take your time. And uh, I love working and eating at the same time. It's fantastic, especially with a smoothie because you don't even have to look where your hand is. You just hand to mouth it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, is, is a smoothie blender, is that something that you find you have to use a lot? I mean, or can you do this just by actually chewing your food? Yeah, well, that's what we're in nature. We've, we we come from the jungle. We're frugivores. Fruit is the only food on the planet where we can get sufficient calories from, which requires no cooking, no food prep, nothing at all. You can just get the, the fruit in, in nature, just eat it straight, straight up. And it tastes amazing and it's satisfying and it has all the nutrients we need. So you don't need a blender at all. I choose a blender just like I choose a laptop to communicate because it's, it makes it easy, things easy in 2013. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't need uh, a blender at all. So You don't need to cook your food. You don't need to chop your food. You can just pick up whole, ripe, raw, fresh, organic fruit, peel it, or just bite straight into it. It's nature's design. Most perfect food for humans. So if you, if someone wants to give this a try, um, do they just jump right into it? Is that what you would recommend? Or do they do they go vegetarian first and then fruit next? How, how do you go about it? Depends what your goal is. If your goal is to lose a lot of weight, I'd recommend the fruit diet because all that fructose you consume is going to – fructose basically doesn't need insulin to be absorbed, be, be metabolized. So your insulin levels just drop massively when you eat a lot of fructose. That's why people lose so much weight on the fruit, fruit-based fruit diet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a bit of rice in there as well if you want, if you find the fruit a bit boring or social situations. Uh, Dr. McDougal, he's a high-carb vegan doctor, promotes a, a starch-based diet, so maybe you can incorporate that, bit of that in. But fruit, if you have a lot of weight to lose or if you want to lean up, just load up on the fruits. It can be hard, though, because a lot of fruit today is grown more for looks versus flavor. So you might think, I can get fruit, man, but that tastes so bland. So that's where we have to educate ourselves on what really good fruit tastes like. Really quality fruit should be very, very, very sweet. Very sweet. Otherwise, it's just there's no calories in it. <laughs> so fruit's the best food for weight loss. That's why we all look like Olympic marathoners, but we're only training maybe 10 miles a week, literally. Mm. I upload all my training to Strava.com so people can actually see objectively what I do on the bike, what I do running, what's my heart rate, what's my watts per kilo, what's my pace per mile, et cetera. Um, mm. 
So yeah, how fruit. how about protein? People who are listening to this are, are probably going to think, okay, fruit, you know, everyone's been told fruit and vegetables are great for you. But we've also been told that we need to have, you know, a complete protein. What's your take on that? That's a good question. Common question. Every single whole plant food on the planet contains all eight essential amino acids. So you could live on a banana. So you could live on a diet of just bananas and still get all your essential amino acids. The thing is, as runners, we want to have a low body weight, a low body mass index. If we see all the elite runners out there, everyone's really skinny. A lot of the top runners out there are taking thyroid medications to get their body mass index lowered. I don't recommend that because when you start taking thyroid meds, you can really stuff up your thyroid. What I do recommend is eating a diet which makes you lean naturally, and that's a fruit-based diet. Mm. So, so protein, if you eat too much protein, you're going to bloat out, you're going to have more weight on you, you're going to have more inflammation because it's amino acids. So the more protein you eat, the more amino acid you get. The more acid you are, the more water you hold on to. So if you're a sumo wrestler or a super heavyweight boxer with no weight limit, then definitely eat a high-protein diet so you, you so you weigh more. If you want to be a, a 260-pound NFL linebacker, you need to eat a high-protein diet so you can store as much weight on your body and have a high insulin level. It's not healthy long-term, but professionally, you have to do it. You'll never see a fruitarian, vegan, or 260-pound NFL linebacker. It's just not possible. You, you know, there was some I, – I, I follow Rich Roll a little bit, and he had some weightlifter who followed a vegan diet that looked pretty ripped. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that? Well, he can be ripped as. Definitely can be ripped as. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, need, I'd, need, I'd need more like what's their body weight yeah. sort of thing. So you, you can be like a, a male fitness model on a fruitarian diet for sure. But if you want to be like massive, you know, like steroided up bodybuilder style, even with steroids, it's not going to happen. That's why professional bodybuilders use insulin. It's very dangerous, but they, they use insulin because insulin's the most legal, the most anabolic steroid on the market. And it's easy to get, but it was so effective. That's why they eat the high protein, a lot of animal fat to get the insulin levels even higher, just to create the massive mass, the massive gain. But as runners, we want the opposite. We want lean physiques, lightweight physiques, just natural physiques, just mm. to be able to go fast and far with minimum injury. You carry a lot of upper body weight, you increase your chance of injury. Right. Definitely. So, you know, I had a, a professor, um, I'm sure you're familiar, Daniel Lieberman on a few weeks ago, and he was featured in Chris McDougall's Born to Run, and he says that humans evolved as distance runners because we evolved chasing down the antelope, and if you can chase an antelope for a few hours in the midday sun, you can basically <laughs> have lunch. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you don't agree with that theory. What What do you make of that? <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> I've never seen anyone run an antelope. I've seen stuff on, on BBC on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. But they're following in a full drive. They probably shot the antelope to save production costs. The guys are wearing sneakers. They're carrying water in plastic bottles, and they've got metal spearheads on on these alloy spears or whatever. You know, it's like, I mean, today, mate, I don't know. Is this not possible? And because you, you're not getting enough glycogen, you're running in ketosis. And there's plenty of people that are saying, "Oh, if you're in ketosis, you can run really fast." You can't. I've trained with Kenyan marathoners. And they pour so much sugar in their tea, the spoon stands up straight. And they're eating rice and ugali, and they, they can't perform unless they have their ugali, which is, for those who don't know, is like a cornmeal. And they eat as a low-fat Kenyan staple, high-carbohydrate. So the, the notion that people can run down antelope on a, in a ketogenic diet is absolutely 
that's <laughs> that's trolling at its finest. It's not possible. It's impossible. Let's say it was possible. You got all the thorns and stuff because antelope can run anywhere. Humans have to stick to the bush path. You can't just run across. You're going to get prickles in your feet. You're going to have to stop, and you're going to be running into the zones of the lions and stuff, and the tigers and all the predatory the, the hyenas. The you're going to be in the desert hot sun running for hours. Impossible because we're, we're going to carry your water, and if you carry that much water, you can't run that fast as an antelope. That is, is, is basically nonsense. I'd like to see these people actually do it. These people, can't, these people couldn't even catch a chicken with a broken leg in their <laughs> own backyard, let alone run down an antelope across the plains of Africa. <laughs> That's my opinion. I mean, I can run pretty well. I'm not, I'm not an elite runner. I, I train 10 miles a week. I consider myself pretty fit, but I, I can't even catch my little Italian greyhound in the backyard. There's no way, let alone an antelope. And an antelope, that can kick you in the face. It's very dangerous. There's, but here's the thing, fruit. Fruit. If you if you're running if you're chasing down antelope and you run past a mango tree with dripping with ripe mangoes, native mangoes, which they have in Africa, you, you're gonna leave the antelope run and you go, hey, we've got some mangoes here. <laughs> Let the antelope run away. We're gonna feast. So animal products were consumed in our evolution. I get, definitely I agree. But it was wasn't antelope, it was other humans. Because humans are the easiest animal to catch. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're the most caloric sufficient. It's easy to catch another human, but an antelope is dangerous. It's easy to. Here's the thing. Here's, it might sound a bit crazy to some of yours, but think about it. It's easier to kill another human being. Not on promoting that, obviously. It's easy to, <laughs> hypothetically, it's easier to kill another human being than it is an antelope. You can pick up a big rock and throw it at another human being's brain, kill them. You can't do it at an antelope. You, you're not even going to get it close. That's my little theory there. Yeah. Just putting it out. Gotcha. Um, tell me a little bit, what are your teeth like? I mean, you're taking in a lot of fruit and there's a lot of sugar in there. Uh, you know, tell me, do you have cavities? What is that like? I've, I've definitely, I used to be involved in gangs and we used to get into fights. I've got, definitely got a few chipped teeth. I wouldn't put myself out there as a, a dental model. I'll probably get cosmetic dental surgery done one day like all the Hollywood celebrities get. People often blame fruit for teeth issues, yet the dental industry is a trillion dollar industry. I don't know, I've had two fights this year, chipped some more teeth. I went in to get some work done. I had to wait like a week. Did you I just said, say you've, you've had two fights this year? Yeah. Oh. I get into fights all the time. Just as a cyclist, you get oh. a lot of rednecks in Australia. Okay. So gotcha. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll do a bit of kickboxing and stuff. So, you know, it always <laughs> one plus one equals two. Gotcha. Okay. With, but- with the fruit, though, with the fruit, if fruit was bad, right, I would have no teeth because I eat more fruit per meal than the average Australian eats per month. Gotcha. That, so, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, how 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 do your teeth are they are they white? Do do you do you have to brush three four times a day or how is it? I brush twice a day, once in the morning with water. I don't use any uh, teeth cleaning agents. I probably should cosmetically, but the, that's the thing is people compare their own teeth to other people's teeth to what they see marketed on the internet or TV. A hundred percent of the perfect smiles on billboards, etc., are photoshopped or they're bleached or they're porcelain veneers or you know, dental implants. And that's fine. If people want to get cosmetic dental surgery, that's, go for it. But to, to say that that's how humans should be, look at horses' teeth. They're yellow, they're green, a little bit chipped here and there. 
the, the, the Hollywood smile is exactly that, the Hollywood smile. It's a marketing tool. So often people might compare my teeth to someone who's had <laughs> a $50,000 teeth work done, and that's, you know, it's like comparing a, a steroided-up athlete to someone who's natural. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. No. Um, so my teeth are fantastic relative to what they used to be, and if fruit was bad, I wouldn't have no teeth. Because mm-hmm. I eat so much fruit. I mean, we eat crazy amounts of fruit. You, you I don't know, know anyone who eats 30 sausages a day, but we eat 30 bananas a day often. I hear what you're saying, and it kind of sounds like you're you're almost making an evolutionary argument. You know, you're talking about what, what people's teeth look like in, in a natural environment and what we would have ate thousands of years ago if, uh, if we were living in Africa. So is it mm. fair to say that you're actually on the board with the paleo-style way of thinking? In what, in what respect? In, in certain respects, as far as the evolutionary way of thinking, it's just that your view of evolution is a little bit different as far as what ancient humans used to eat. We eat, well, basically fruit eaters by design because we love the smell of sweet. We don't like the smell of death. I think Africans have got the best genetics. They're basically the original bloodline. They've got better dental arches. If you look at my YouTube videos, my lower dental arch is very small, very crowded. My teeth are very crooked pure genetics nothing that's got nothing to do with your diet as an adult or whatever um my my dad had all his teeth removed at age 30 my mum's got a mouthful of mercury none of them have been fruitarian or a vegan day in their life actually maybe for three days my mum went vegan once um so the paleo thing with the teeth for sure i mean blacks have got the perfect skin i wish i was black and then i could just ride my bike all day with no shirt i wouldn't wear a shirt if i was black i'd just be out in the sun all the time but as a white caucasian person my skin would just get smashed if i had that much sun exposure Mm -hmm. Um, so i wish i was black i wish i had a better dental arch but hey you can only do what you've done you've been born with do the best you can yeah how about vitamins i'm I'm, people are gonna for sure ask me what about you know you've got to ask ask them about b12 how do you get your b12 b12 is an interesting one a lot of people think oh if you're a vegan you're going to get die from b12 deficiency but the reality is anybody can have a b12 deficiency anybody can i train a lot of professional cyclists runners they all use b12 injections none of them actually eat a vegan diet they eat close to a vegan diet because i want to lose weight but so i use b12 injections myself my b12 level is always around 800 to 1400 my hemoglobin is always over 150 um, I used to have B12 deficiency. I used to take B12 supplements as a meter back in 1999, 2000. Um, B12 is an interesting one. B12 is the only supplement I take. I know I talk with uh, a lot of primal paleo friends. and like, oh, you know, Dave Asprey and Mark Sisson and Rob Wolf. And I'm like, those guys take, they're probably on like close to 100 supplements a year. I'm on one. So it's like 100 to one. My diet is definitely sufficient. I don't use caffeine. I don't use any synthetic testosterone or modafinil, uh, like David Aspie mentions uses. And that's fine. That's their personal choice. It's, it's nothing to nothing wrong with that if that's what you're into. But I like to be just transparent, legit. I don't use steroids or stimulants. Um, I like to get my diet and lifestyle to do the talking. Coming from a history of Crohn's disease, I found it beneficial to do the B12 shots. I do it once a month, 1,000 microgram in my deltoid. cost me a couple of bucks. So my supplement routine is probably 20, 30 bucks a year, and it involves giving myself a B12 shot once a month. It takes me about 30 seconds. B12 is safe to use. It's very popular in the weight loss clinics. I give B12 shots to a lot of my cyclist friends and my bodybuilder friends. Probably 50% of them would eat vegan, 50% eat meat. I've got a good friend who eats the raw paleo diet. He was B12 deficient. We got him on shots. He's okay now. So I've seen, I've never actually seen anyone reverse clinical B12 deficiency from adding in raw animal products. 
But okay. I have seen it reverse with the B12 shots. Okay. So Harley, I'd also like to talk to you a little bit about your training because I, I've seen some of your videos and, and a lot of times you don't actually train that much is what you say. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm interested in how you run some, I think your 10K is around 34 minutes. What's your what's your marathon time? That's a good question. My I'm about 10 miles a week this year, which is pretty average for the last few years. I've never been a, a big runner. My PB for 10,000 meter on a, a verified course, GPS verified race, was 34.19. That was last year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm coming from like a 28, 10,000 meter background. I'm coming from the fittest of my life is age 36. That's the fittest I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, marathon time, the time drops right down because that's where you can't cheat. I'm a very lazy trainer. <laughs> I only train when the weather's suitable, whatever. So my 10K and 5K times are okay, mile times are right, but my marathon is only 257. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because marathon, you have to actually train for a marathon. You can't cheat the marathon. You can get away with low fitness, low leg strength on a 10K and 5K, but the marathon will indicate whether or not you've done the training or not. Right. Uh, so my marathon time, they're 257, quite slow compared to what my forecast time should be based on my mile or 5,000 meter time. But two two fifty seven isn't bad at all. But what I'm interested in is how do you get by on ten miles a week and and running you know a, a very fast ten k. I mean thirty four minutes is a great time. So what I'm trying to get at is what what's your training like? Kind of walk me through a week of, of what you do with those ten miles. I try and race whenever I can. So I try and do at least a five k race every fortnight. Okay. And where I live, there's races on every weekend. So I think racing is the best training. And the, the 5,000 meter, the 5K, that's your friend. So if you can race 5K as much as possible, and I, I never train if I'm sore. So my legs are always fresh. And I also do a bit of cycling as well, which helps, definitely. Cycling helps build your VO2 max up, but you still have to run for the mechanics of running. Because I've got plenty of cyclist friends that can't run as fast as me, but mm-hmm. who are as equally as fit. So cycling definitely helps. I think cycling is great cross-training. But the biggest thing is you've got to have a low body mass index. You've got to strip it right back. I've got friends who have a higher VO2 max than me as runners, but they weigh more than me. So we're about the similar times on, on the racing. But if they if they ate my diet, they would be running like low 15s for 5K mm. instead of high 16s. Mm-hmm. So I think the secret is the diet, definitely. Like Michael Weinstein, he ran a 228 marathon. He's the long-term vegan fruitarian guy. Uh, there's another vegan kid out there. He ran a 214 marathon as a vegan Oh, what's his name? I forget now. But if you look up vegan marathon at two fourteen, he's he he is eating a vegan diet then. So it's definitely the, the it's about being skinny as possible. Mm-hmm. One, maybe one day I'll do a hundred miles a week, but I do now, I love the cycling too much. Yeah, you know I've found that it's it's pretty important to really listen to your body and not overtrain. And because yeah, as definitely. soon as you start overtraining, no matter I think I mean correct me if I'm if if you think differently, but I think no matter what diet you're eating, you start overtraining and that really just pushes you back. I don't train a ton. Have you found any similarities there? I agree with Aaron. Overtraining is one of the worst things people get into. A lot of people train for weight loss. That's the worst thing ever. Eat, eat for weight loss, not by restricting, but just different dietary choices. And train, only train for fitness. Fitness, that's what yeah, people out there go, oh, I want to get toned. Okay, training's toned as well. But if you want to get skinny, that's your diet. If you want to lose the weight, that's not so much training. Because I know plenty of people who do 100 miles a week or you know 300 miles a week on the bike year-round, but they're still quite heavy because they still eat a lot of junk. Mm-hmm. Or my friends who train a lot, but then as soon as they get an injury, the weight just stacks on them. Mm-hmm. I see that all the time in the running world uh, and cycling world. People really lean, get an injury, bam, they put on you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds or even more. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. Is that Listen to your body. If you've got, if you've got pain, don't train. 
maybe go for a swim, an easy walk with a dog or a bicycle ride and only resume running when that pain is gone. Otherwise, you set yourself up for stress fractures and that can take a long time to heal that. And that's the danger of the fruitarian diet is you start to feel so good, so light. You think you get a bit grandiose. You think I can just smash through this, but you can definitely get injured because you're starting to feel so good. You get so motivated. The fruitarian diet is the best for runners because you're so much lighter when you train each morning. Go to bed, you have your dinner, go to bed, wake up, go for a run. You're just feeling so much lighter than if you've got like meat and stuff in your colon digesting and blood in your fat in your blood and stuff like that. Mm. So definitely you listen to your body. Mm-hmm. So you're doing a 5K once every two weeks approximately. What, are you, what kind of training do you do in between? So on the bike, just a bit of easy riding around. Um, Running-wise, though, just put an audio book on and just jog. Mm-hmm. Just jog around. Okay. I go. I like to run with groups, so I go with groups who aren't as fast as me and just jog around. And just that's what I do. And then just when it comes to the race, just push hard. Push push ninety percent when it comes to the race. Even yesterday, I didn't push hundred percent because I haven't done a ten k race for fourteen months, so I wasn't too sure how I was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I just ran hard, but not all out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, you know, we're, we're coming so, up. So, so, so to cut you off, just quickly, well, my recommendation would be what I call the 95-5 rule. 95% of your running is very easy. You can maintain conversation. 5% of your training is where you're absolutely on the limits, just really, really pushing hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, I was going to mention we're coming up on time here. Is there, are there any tips that you could give to someone who, who wants to try this out? I mean, what, as far as, you know, are you, are you going to be spending a lot more money on food and, you know, are people going to look at you funny? Um, (laughs) you know, how do you explain this to your friends? What are some of your, your basic tips, uh, that you could, you could give someone who wants to try this? It's easy for runners and cyclists because we're a weird bunch as it is. We run for fun. We ride for fun. We push ourselves for fun. We're used to people saying, are you going for another run? Aren't you some sort of weirdo? $200 for a pair of shoes or $300 for a little fancy GPS Garmin watch? That's crazy, man. So we're used to pushing the limits of the status quo. So when you get, when you go to a fruitarian or a vegan lifestyle, you're already used to dealing with social disapproval. So you get, you go, yeah, I can handle this. It's all right. Mm-hmm. People often can't handle that social disapproval, but if they want to become a good runner, you have to learn to handle social disapproval. You're going to get kids in cars throwing stuff at you when you're out running early mornings or late nights or whatever. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have issues getting to a race on time or whatever or spending more money on Garmin watches or away from your family. That's just how it is. So when you eat a fruit diet, healthier diet, you'll spend more money on the fruit but you'll save money in other areas, especially on medical bills and health, etc. You'll be leaner. You'll be lighter. Health is the best investment and provides the best returns. If, <laughs> if people think you're crazy for eating healthy, then they're crazy themselves. Mm-hmm. Don't take anything personally. Have fun. Have your own goals. Work towards them daily. Have a five-year plan. Write it down. Read it daily. Don't take nothing personally. Understand an objection is merely a request for more information. Educate people. Be the change you want to see. Align your life with your values. And above all, have fun. Don't take it too seriously, but have fun. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Harley, uh, if people want to learn more about you, where do you recommend they go? Our website, 30bananasaday.com, or they can just type in 
Duran Rider into YouTube or my partner Freely, the Banana Girl Diet Girl. Just type into Banana Girl. We're on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Just you can just Google it up. Crazy vegans, <laughs> whatever, will come up. We've got, we've got a lot of free information out there. We just want to help people. That's the, that's what that's what we're here for. We don't have any gimmicks or marketing stuff to sell you or whatever. We're just we're just here for you. We want to make a difference in the planet. It's been great talking with you. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me tonight. I'm glad we made it happen. Eh? You've been listening to another episode of Paleo Runner Podcast. For more information, go to paleorunner.org. Thanks for listening.